Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 277, Runaways, Season 2, Episode 1, Give Me Shelter. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And today, for this first recording that we are making in the year 2019, that means Runaways Season 2. But I'm not here alone. I'm here with Samantha. Hello. And Stuart. Hello. And uh, hey, how how you guys doing? How's your 2019 going? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. All both days of it. Yesterday was my birthday, so 50% of 2019 is rocked so far. Nice. Excellent. Today there's wasn't half bad time. either. <laughs> For me, there's not enough time in this year so far. Oh, gosh. It's flying by so fast. Yeah. It's going to be the 3rd of January tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know when this is going to go out. And so, uh, so all that chatter we just had is going to be not so timely because people are going to be getting it well after the second when we're recording right now. But Mm -hmm. that does bring up an important detail that I wanted to bring up right now. And that is, as we are kind of making this break right here between phase one and phase two of Netflix, uh, and as we're kind of starting this new year, we're also going to be revamping slightly, just making some slight tweaks to the way we do things on this podcast. Normally, we have started with news and because news is not always timely uh, and yet it was still at the very beginning of every episode, we're moving that to the end of each episode. And we're just going to start each episode talking about whatever our main topic is going to be. That's where we're going to start. And so that way, the timeliness of things like talking about how today is January 2nd, even though no one is listening to this on January 2nd, unless you're somehow listening to this on January 2nd of 2020, um, this that pushes the the less timely stuff to the end of the episode. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start talking about our topic right now. And uh we will uh I'm going to drop out the uh the spoiler policy as far as how we talk about things because Runaways and this might be our first thing to talk about anyway with this Runaways last year when they dropped it, they dropped I think it was the first 3 episodes all in one day. And then every week after that, they, for the next seven weeks or so, uh, did a single episode every week, you know, like a network would do. They have now changed that to become less like a television network and more like a Netflix network. They dropped all 13 episodes of Runaways. And so before I ask you to what you think about that, I'm going to say this. If we have not talked about it on the podcast, we will not spoil it. We will not talk about it. Which would include Punisher, by the way. Right. Right. Which brings up another thing, though. Some people were asking, uh, what are we going to do? Because we had a poll asking people, (laughs) um, 
what they what our listeners out there in Facebook land. So this is only for Facebook uh, listeners um, who are on the Facebook page. But um, we asked them, hey, what do you want us to cover? Runaways or Punisher? And it was an exact tie. Like straight up 50 percent, 50 percent tie. Uh, yeah, there were no hanging chads. There no, were no recounts. There was no. no nobody up in arms. Everybody just kind of went, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so <laughs> we made an executive decision as a show to cover runaways. Well, that wasn't the exact executive decision. <laughs> OK, because <laughs> we actually talked about doing covering both. That's true. And doing a little bit of bouncing back and forth. So today we're covering Runaways. And actually, if you're listening to this right now, I'd like to hear what you think about um, us bouncing back and forth and doing a couple episodes of Runaways and a couple episodes of Punisher. Because what happens is people who don't have Hulu get left behind as we're talking about Runaways. But then people who have Hulu and have just watched Runaways are wanting to get into Runaways, you know? And so – we are we are toying with doing both since it was a 50-50 split. So let us know what you think. That's uh, feedback at welcomelevel7.com. The seven is spelled out. So what do you guys think about this whole dropping the whole season in one fell swoop a la Netflix? I personally think Hulu is still trying to figure out what kind of network streaming service it, it is um, because it, it's got kind of like that, that, that Netflix vibe where it's holding a bunch of stuff, but then it's also fed by the three major networks. So there's that. I, I think this was an experiment. I don't know if it worked out very well. No, they, nobody shares their numbers, but I, I'm wondering if this is an experiment. I'm curious too. I mean, with Netflix, when they have everything ready to go, they just drop it all ready, and that's what they do. And then when they have something from a network, like Agents of Shield, for example, Netflix waits until the entire season is done, and then they put the entire season out again for for binging and for that sort of thing. But Hulu does both. <laughs> you know, they have both, so that's that's where it gets a little little hinky. Because they have the stuff that they're just releasing episode by episode, week by week, like Cloak and Dagger was. Um, but anything that they're doing from any network is going to be like that. And then they have their own original programming, which now they're, they're, they're doing both. What's nice about Runaways is it means that we can take it at our own pace, which actually means we can you know, get ahead of things. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we could get ahead of things if we were... So not not just it's so a, inclined, but um, it is a possibility to get ahead of things. I don't know. I, I love there's a couple things I love about this. And one is I love that we're getting these short seasons. Mm-hmm. And the other is that we can watch it at our own at our own pace. Uh, the problem with that becomes you end up waiting sometimes a very long time between seasons, like Lost in Space. My kids ask me at least once a week, hey, do you, have you heard when the, the next season of Lost in Space is coming? And and recently Lost in Space had a, a preview that I saw on Facebook saying season two is coming with no date. Like, <laughs> I know it's coming. Tell me a date. I still haven't finished Lost in Space. It's It's good. It's good. I haven't even finished Runaways, so... I haven't even started Lost in Space. 
<laughs> and if you want to know why, it's because you most of the stuff I watch is for the podcast. So <laughs> Me too, Samantha. Yeah. Me too. And yet I still I, I accidentally binged Watership Down last Friday. <laughs> oh, how's that? Uh, it was good. It was good. If you like the book, it goes through the book nicely. And if you like the original animated movie, um, it's an expansion of that. But yeah, I, think, I thought it did a good job of presenting the book. Problem is the animation has Polar Express syndrome. Uh, oh, so. yeah. But okay, it's rabbits, so, we'll so it's not as bad the... because it's rabbits. So. Okay, but well, does I it have, have Tom to... Hanks? No. That's the... no. Okay. okay. So, uh, Look past the, the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Okay. Great story. So, Samantha, what's your, your feeling about this dropping a whole season at one time? I agree with Stuart that I think that Hulu doesn't know exactly what to do with this particular series. I mean, there are some series like Handmaid's Tale. They could drop. And because it's not going to air on TV, they could drop it all at once. But they don't. But with Runaways, with the last season... They ended up airing the entire season one of Runaways on Freeform really? after it aired on Hulu. Yeah, and it it I think it came on like the they programmed it into the hour that aired before Cloak and Dagger. It was connected to Cloak and Dagger when it was yeah. airing. Yeah, with Runaways they could do it either way, and so I think they yes they are experimenting. All that matters is we did get a second season. And so that's yes. that's the important thing. We knew before the first season was done that we were getting a second season. And and that was good because we we all enjoyed the first season, is that correct? Is that yes. accurate? Yes. Okay. Um I really really liked it. I I think it was uh one of my favorite things in the in the MCU uh until Cloak and Dagger came along and then Cloak and Dagger said, "Hey, I know you like Runaways. Here's more and better." And I really, really, really enjoyed Cloak and Dagger. But I was, re- I'm just looking forward to almost everything that MCU is pumping out at us right now. I am looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to that season six of Agents of Shield. I'm looking forward to season two of Cloak and Dagger. And now we're sitting here with with season two of Runaways. So let's quickly re- recap. We've got um, Alex who is uh, kind of the leader of the team of Runaways and has shown that he doesn't have any powers right now. Um, But he does have parents who are part of the pride, which are the bad guys in this show. We have Nico, who her powers would come from her mom's staff of one, but she doesn't have that right now because her mom has it again. We have Carolina, Carolina, sorry, uh, Carolina, who has powers of light energy rainbow bright energy where she kind of turns into a physical rainbow of swirling color and and can shoot energy beams and can fly and so of all of them she's the one who's the most superhero-y and she's also probably an alien we have gert who has some sort of psychic link with old lace a it's not a velociraptor it's some other kind of raptor i can't remember we, we talked about this last last season but it's a dinosaur and it's a it's a small dinosaur but it's one of those scary small ones. And we have Molly, her adopted sister, who has super strength, but gets super tired after she uses it. And then there's Chase, who has Iron Man boxing gloves, or had them anyway. So those are our runaways. And all of our runaways have parents who are part of the pride, which is 
an evil cabal of bad guys that were kidnapping teenagers and sacrificing them to their leader, Jonah, who is also probably an alien and sucks the life force from those teenagers in order to make him stronger. And they're also digging a deep hole in Los Angeles, but the teenagers destroyed the digging machine. And so now the hole is not being dug anymore, but earthquakes are still happening because of what's inside, which might be alive. So that is where we left off. Is that, I don't know, that is that good enough for us to, to build on as we talk about this episode? Yes. Well, let's, let's talk about this episode then. Just real quick, this is what happened in Gimme Shelter. The new normal has been going on for about a day, and already the runaways have been robbed. Um, and that means Chase's gloves. That means they have no money. They also have no food, but they have avoided the police and the cameras. And they are sticking together even if they aren't getting along. And so because they have no money, they split up. Alex is going to go get more money, and the rest see a news report that shows that Molly has put Graciela, her um, family member, in trouble because she showed Graciela the proof that the pride was going to cause an earthquake in what they were doing and that the pride is bad guys. Meanwhile, the pride is also not getting along. They have a new secret lair in their pride headquarters that is full of all sorts of things. It's a high-tech um, surveillance center, and they are on the lookout for the kids and they also see on the news that Gabriella has seen this information, and so they need to take care of her. So that is why they need to steal a car. Not they, the pride. I mean, they, the runaways, need to steal a car so they can get to Gabriella's house in time to help her. But it doesn't matter. They're too late. Stacy and Dale, Gert's parents, bungle up getting Graciella to talk. But Tina then uses her staff to choke the poor auntie, and the kids arrive too late. Molly grieves. They take some money from her purse, and then they go back to the homeless uh, camp where Alex has said that they should meet him. Speaking of Alex, he asks his uncle for more money, but he's told he has to earn it. And his uncle then um, <laughs> gets them all dressed up uh, Breaking Bad style uh, in coveralls, plastic coveralls. But it's not because he's going to take care of a crime scene. It's because he's going to paint a room. It's a room for... Uh, Darius, Uncle Darius's uh, new new child that's going to be born. And we have a new character, Livy, who comes in and asks, is this guy the new Andre? So the team, they have met up at the agreed upon place. Alex is not there. So they give Graciela a Wiccan funeral. And they are also, as they put together this kind of little mini temporary monument, they're supposed to sacrifice something of their own and put it there. And as they do, other homeless people begin bringing their own tokens to honor her death. And Molly is very upset about this. And she thinks we should not be running from danger. We should be running at it. Then Alex comes, does not exactly inspire the team when he comes, but he has money. So that's, that's good. Meanwhile, Victor Stein is back in time in the seventies looking good and talking to Jonah Apparently, uh, he is being held in stasis, and Jonah can use computers to go into his brain and talk to him because he needs Victor to create another box that he can use to absorb the life energy of people to stay, stay healthy, stay alive. So the pride, they are happy that the kids stopped them from digging that hole because the thing in the hole is alive and sentient and could cause a whole lot of, of damage that they weren't expecting to cause because – it's, it might be aliens, and they might be unearthing more aliens. And the pride pulls together even as they fracture a little bit more. 
Meanwhile, the thief is using the gauntlets. They chase him down, and as they chase him down and get the gauntlets back for chase, they discover a new base of operations, an underground mansion, and it's awesome. And then Carolina Carolina meets up with uh, Jonah because not because she likes him, but because she must know who and what she is. And then an earthquake comes, and he says, "It's starting." Dun dun dun. And that is this episode. That's what happened. But the question is, is it good? Do we like this? What'd you think of this episode, guys? It does. It did what all good season two episode ones do. It reminded us who we were and where we are and why we care. You know, what the what the reasons we care are, who the intricate players are. And then it sets us on a new path. And obviously the new path is you know, shelter and and uh, well-being for our runaways. But then also, you know, what's happening with Jonah? We know he's a bad guy, but he he and Carolina are are connecting in some way. And so, is he really a bad guy? Yeah, he's really a bad guy. But but how bad is he? You know, sort of those questions. So I thought that was really good. I think that this episode reminded us that this series is full of fleshed-out characters. Um, each one of them has a good side and a, 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 a darker side that they're struggling with it. Some more than others. Um, for a while I thought, Hey, maybe the parents are coming around and they're going to start thinking about protecting their kids and taking care of them. And then Tina goes and kills, um, Graciela. And, (laughs) but even with the kids, they're still struggling a lot with themselves and, and their own tempers and their own feelings and, their own struggles. Um, and in many ways I could relate to the parent child relationships going on here, um, with the parents doing the best they can, or what they think is the best they can. And the kids butting up against that because they're now people with their own ideas and capabilities. We have an interesting moral gray that's supposed to be presented here. And, and that's that, yeah, the parents want what's best for their kids, but they're also murdering people to get it. And mm-hmm. it's they I mean, years and years and years ago, they crossed a line that once their kids found out what they did, like that permanently damaged the relationship with their kids. Because suddenly the kids realize, oh my 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 parent is a murderer. And and this isn't good. You know, who cares that it's ends up being for the good uh of the child. But you know, the parents crossed a line there. And it's interesting because I'll see that every once in a while, especially when I was a teacher, you know, and you had parents who would do things like do their homework for the kid, you know, and and that's that's a small thing, but it's not a small thing when, when you consider that it's a brick that gets built and laid in. And so the kids aren't learning responsibility. The kids aren't learning what they're supposed to actually be learning in order to do well. And the kids are learning that, oh, I don't have to succeed because my parents will make sure that I never fail. And, you know, so parents are crossing that line. And and as far as they're concerned, it's okay because it's good for my kid short term. You know, and so you have those things. Then you also have parents who say, you know, I would do anything for my kid, uh, in, including, you know, lie, cheat, steal, Um and I had that conversation once with someone who he's like, I would do anything for my kid. I don't have to, fortunately, but if I had to for my kid, I would sell drugs. 
I would sell drugs to get money to, you know, because my kid needs it. And I was just, but what about the harm that does for other people? It doesn't matter the harm for other people because it's good for my kid. And so you've got this kind of moral conundrum going on here with these parents that, yeah, I mean, okay, so they're they're doing these things to help their kids or to, you know, to, to get, get their kids the future that they need. But then she turns around, yeah, and kills Graciela. Like that, that was rough, you know, and what was interesting to me about that was uh, it was Tina, Nico's mom, who killed Graciela, but then it was um, Nico who led the the funeral service in honor of Graciela. And, and you almost wonder, well, you you know, Nico knows it was her mom. Yeah, I'm, the relationship between Nico and her mom is really a very interesting one. And it's symbolic that it, that the staff is the, you know, the way to use the staff is with the DNA, because that sort of seems to be like the icon of the, of the family. Right. So, um, in order to use it, you have to be of the family. And so you have these two opposite character types, but I'm sure cause it's the MCU. And when you have a staff in the MCU, it's bad news. So I'm sure that that staff is going to be sentient somehow and, um, <laughs> and influence the care, you know, influence the characters one way or the other. So, so who else do we have? We have um, Nico and Tina and, and their relationship going on there. They're the ones that's the pretty much the strongest one in this in this episode. But you do have some going on where it's not uh, Alex and his dad. It's Alex and uh, I guess it's not really his uncle, right? I was I was going to ask. He said uncle in his thing, and no. I had, in the recap, and I hadn't remembered that. I just thought it was an old like family you know back in the day yeah bro dad yeah they were close they were very close and, and now they aren't uh because jeffrey alex's dad did some stuff basically betrayed darius and so right. so the the bonds were broken by jeffrey and and darius was not happy about that but this is who alex goes to and that's alex is in this episode alex is all about Darius. I mean, that's that's where he goes. Um, and then we have the new character, Livy. Uh, I think it's Livy, L-I-V-V-I-E. I kept in my oh, notes. Yes. In my notes, I, I put Libby. Libby yeah. yeah, but but it's Livy. And she, I mean, as soon as you see her and she actually communicates. So like at first I was just, oh, she's just there because, you know, it's to show it's a family that lives there or whatever. No, no, no. She's there for a love interest because they make eye contact and then they touch hands, you know, they shake hands and it's cool. My kids, they uh, do um, different theater things every once in a while. And one time we were watching, well, actually we were watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, one character touched another character and my, my daughter said, oh, that means they've made a connection. They are going to make a connection because when two characters touch each other, you know, that's that's foreshadowing connection. I was like, oh, hey, cool. You're learning something. But two characters touch each other. It's foreshadowing connection. <laughs> and, uh, and see, the difference between you and the pride is you didn't then go out and try to kill somebody. So, you know, bravo to you, Ben. <laughs> you know, if, if if we learned anything from the pride in this, <laughs> it's that you are a good parent if you aren't murdering people. Like that's <laughs> I mean, it, it's that, that's all the lowest that- of the low bars to set. But if you're if you're getting over that bar, you are well on your way to being a perfect parent. 
See, yeah, that's all it is. You don't have to be perfect. You just don't just aren't shouldn't be a murdering murder who murders. Yes. That's what you should be. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the that's the uh, Facebook post for the day. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to not be a murdering murderer who murders. Yes, very good. So um, I forgot all about Victor Stein, uh, who is um, oh, James. James Marsters. Marsters. I want to say Marsden for some reason. No, nope. that's he, another actor <laughs> who was in X Men. Yes. Yes. Oh, he was also Jimmy Olsen in Smallville, right? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Yes. And and wasn't Marsters Brainiac in Smallville? He was. Yes. We have just brought it around full circle. So anyway, uh, James Marsters, I forgot all about him. He's in this virtual reality heaven that he has created for himself. Um, but it, he was shot by his wife last season mm-hmm. and and was dying. Um, but he's he's now being kept alive by Jonah's technology and Jonah needs him to rebuild the box that they use to steal people's life force for lack of a better term. And, and this is where um, uh, Victor says, well, my wife can help you with that, you know? And the reason he knows it's not actual heaven is because he says, I might think this is heaven, except you're here talking to, to Jonah. Right. <laughs> what I really liked about this. And I thought that I had some sort of wrong stream or Hulu was wigging out on me is they changed the aspect ratio. So it was whatever it was. And then they changed it to even more landscapey and drawn out in the version that I watched. And they muted the colors. Oh yeah. They totally, you know, did that whole color tone shift on it. And so I thought that was really interesting and you don't do that once. Right. So I really want them to go back there and sort of play around with that. Um, That's a really interesting um, technique to use. Well, and and it's curious too because I mean, how how much time are we going to spend there? I mean, they're taking the time to show that this is where Victor is stuck, and and that Jonah can visit him there. So I'm curious how much time we're going to spend there, and I'm curious is this is this a uh, Chekhov's virtual reality type well, situation? It's gotta be. It's got to be. Well, it doesn't have to be. I mean, it, it, it could just be, hey, we need something to keep him alive so we can, you know, make it realistic, make it realistic, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that he didn't die. It doesn't have to be. But it should be all all good. I mean, every writing book you'd ever read, Ben, says that it has to do something. I'm just wondering, is it more serviceable than just we're keeping the character alive using it? Is it going to be something where conflict happens there or you know, the kids end up going there for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I just, I hope it's more than just what they're using it for th- right now. I'm going to put a, a speculation on the table. Okay. I'm going to say that, that Jonah is going to try to do something to spike. Cause I can't remember his name. It's Spike. James Marsters. <laughs> his character is Victor. Victor Stein. Victor Stein. And of course I only remember that because Victor Frankenstein. Oh, and so Victor Stein, a little bit of a Frankenstein. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> I, I, I get that. It's still going to be Spike. I'm sorry. I'll try. Yes, that's, I fine. Will try no, really hard. that's fine. That's fine. As long as we, we know what you're talking about. Spike is yes. James Marster's character from Buffy, Buffy and Angel, right? He was a. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Hey. Yes, he was on Angel as a regular. I knew enough to know that he was on Angel. So there's there's that. Good for you, Ben. Good for you. Yay me. Um, but okay, so I I feel like Jonah is going to confront uh, Victor in this retro seventies super widescreen cinemascope muted <laughs> planet of his, and he's going to try to take him out after he's no longer abuse and. Victor is going to come around and be like, no, you can't do this. And that's going to be his redeeming thing. We'll see. We've, we've, we've got this really interesting dynamic right now where you have the kids against the parents and the parents against Jonah. And the, the evil side is. It's it's a kingdom divided. Right. There's three hats. You have your white hat and your black hat, except they don't know that they're fighting each other. <laughs> and then you kind of have your gray hat in the middle with the parents. That's a really interesting dynamic that they set up. Except that middle gray hat, let's be clear, is a very, very dark gray. Yes. Very yes. dark gray. In fact, it's only redeemable. It's only a little bit white because they are looking for their kids. Well, let's put it this way. The parents are charcoal. Okay. Which is, it's a very dark gray. If you if you don't know what that is, uh, sometimes it is considered a black. Okay, so it could be either a light black or a dark gray, <laughs> but yeah, but it isn't. It, it's a cool dynamic because yeah, you're right. I mean, it's basically it's the Runaways versus Jonah. They just don't know it, and they know of Jonah, and of course you've got uh, Carolina now, and she is going to Jonah because she wants to know who she is. What is she? I mean, he glows and she glows. I I would be drawn to him, too. We have to be careful here because the end of this episode kind of bleeds into the beginning of the next episode. Not so much so that they could have been two episodes side by side as one long one, because if they did that, it would be a disjointed connection. But I'm trying to remember how much happened in this one (laughs) versus what actually happened in the next one. But I think they just had well, conversation in this one. Right. But she was still drawn to him. Right. She, right. I, I mean, the fact that they're even meeting on top of the mountain. Right. And he's hugging her means that she's she has made a connection with him in some way. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to make sure that I don't go any further than what happened in this episode. Right. Because this scene extends into the next episode mm-hmm. where they're yeah. talking on the mountain and. And this is basically about her in this episode. It really does focus on her need to know. And and that's why she is willing to go and not quite make a deal with the devil. I mean, she's not going that far, but she is at least, you know, taking taking a meeting with the devil. <laughs> if not actually making the deal and signing the deal, she's sitting down at the table with him to, you know, see, well, what's what's the devil got for me? I think she's just trying to figure out who she is and what she is. I mean, that's one of the things that this show is all about, right? Is trying to right. is it, it's an important fact that the that the characters, the runaways, are in that middle, you know, not quite adults phase, but not children anymore. I mean, they're in that middle teenage adulthood type of phase, right? And so they're trying to figure out who they are, and that's why it's relatable. It is because they're they're trying to figure out who they are, but they're also trying to set out on their own. 
and survive mm-hmm. on their own. And that's what's interesting is this episode starts out, well, it really, it starts out with um, the parents going <laughs> and walking through the the press because the police have found their kids. And then they walk into the room and all the kids have their back to them. But even then, as soon as you see those kids in that room in the police uh, office, like <laughs> clearly not their kids. Then they all turn around and it's, oh, and like and the 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 police uh I can't remember the guy's name but the the guy he's in their pockets he the pride have him in their control and and he's like you know they had a unique strategy of all splitting up that doesn't normally happen when people run away together and the reason they all split up is because those those kids that they got were never together in the first place they were just random kids from all around town who look exactly like or dress similar to or whatever um, the kids that they had the APB out for. And that's funny. It's good. Uh, it was because it was a confusing well, opening. Cause I'm like, right. And you're thinking, Oh, what? they ran away in the last one. They're going to be on the, no, they're I guess not. they're not going to be. Oh, this they are. Yeah, I thought this was the season that, that actually embraced the name runaways. <laughs> And nope, it's they ran away at the end of last episode. At the beginning of this episode, we're just jumping right into having to deal with their parents you know, getting caught. Oh, no, they did. Because the whole time as the, the parents are walking through the building, I'm like, OK, how? So they're going to get caught by their parents and now they're going to run away again. Is, well, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? Or the other thing I was thinking was, oh, great. This is the end of this is showing the end of the season. And then we're going to flash back to the beginning of the season, you know, except they made it clear to say that they've been gone for around 24 hours or something like that. Oh yeah. That's like true. They, they said that right there. So uh, if they hadn't said anything about the timeline, I, I might've been with you for that where, you know, this is the end of the season. Cause you know, shows do that all the time mm-hmm. where we're going to show you the end of our season and then show you how we got there. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's compelling. Um, but no, it was just a gag. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, I think it, I think it was well done. I don't feel cheated at all. You know what I mean? I did a little bit. I, I thought it was a little cheap. Um, it wasn't quite funny enough to me to make it worth spending our time doing that. That said, it mm. was funny. And then and then we get to our first scene with the actual kids. And that's also funny. They are chasing yeah. a guy on a bike. Why? Because the guy on the bike stole the fisticuffs or the fisticuffs or whatever he calls them. And... <laughs> And uh, that's not good. And the guy escapes. And, and all their money, too, right? <laughs> well, they didn't know that, though. So they stopped oh. running. And they're like, okay, well, it's okay. At least he didn't get our money, right, Alex? And Alex is like, yeah, how could I be so stupid as to let him? And just as he's in the middle of insulting Chase about being so stupid to let things get stolen, what happens? He realizes, oh, <laughs> stolen. Mm-hmm. Oops. So good beginning, but good beginning. It strips them down to where they have nothing and they're already at a point where they didn't have much, but now they're, they're down to where they have nothing and they have to, to rebuild from there. It's a, it's a good start. I like the start. I like setting up where we're going with this. And then you have the, the three plots basically where you have the Graciela thing, which poor Molly like showing uh, Graciela the tape. Of course, Graciela is not going to roll over and and let the pride steamroller. 
because <laughs> she's got that big old gun. She's gonna, <laughs> she's gonna tell him, no, you're not gonna take this VHS tape. <laughs> Now this Betamax one I, you can have. Yeah, no but I, <laughs> I am going to keep this VHS tape with my gun. Oh, it's the with my gun. Thing. Samantha, I, Samantha, he's doing the with my gun thing. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done a little with my gun, but Graciela yeah. deserves deserves it. She she's gonna talk with them with my gun. <laughs> You know, I'm actually really sad that we lost Graciela because she was probably one one of the few adults who was actually on the side of the good, who also had a lot of backbone. And that is why she had to die. Uh, well, and the other thing is it needed to push Molly. The story. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does a lot of things. I mean, it, it pushes Molly. It creates unity among those who were there. So Alex is not there for any of this stuff, but the other guys, the the other rest, the rest of the team, they are. And this, all of this, this whole episode is bringing them closer together. And Alex is becoming a little bit more of an outsider, uh, even more so than before. And so as they are coming closer together, it's because of tough, hard things are going to either drive a rift between you and those who are close to you, or they're going to draw you closer together because you need each other. And that's what's happening here. And then it's also, like you said, Samantha, it is pushing Molly to where she, she is making a pretty strong statement. Let's not run away from danger. Let's run at it. Of course, she's the one who can do the running at it Mm because she's, she's tough. Now, now all they need is Nick Fury to to throw down some superhero cards in front of them that are bloodstained, because she totally got Colsoned. The, the the driver's license. Oh yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, she's or ID that, card or whatever it was. Yeah, it's not lost on me that they use the same trope. I don't think it's bad by the any by any stroke of anything, and and but it it's the same thing. So give me shelter. We got a couple of different things going on here. We've got Victor Stein in his shelter. We've got um, the Pride. They've got their new base of operations. What do you think of the Runaways' new base of operations and how they found it, which was Carolina running and falling through a window? Have have either of you guys been up and around the Hollywood sign up there by Griffith Observatory? Yep. No. Yeah, so you, you I actually shot work. a movie out there oh. for a uh, film school. It, it, it was a short film. Uh, yeah. I rolled down the hill at Griffith Observatory, and <laughs> nice, like totally. I mean, I I put myself into it. I wounded myself rolling down this hill for for it was for the the film though. You know, it was for it was the for art. the art. Yep. Do you have a scar? I don't have a scar, uh, but I was really really hurting when I. <laughs> Got back up because I rolled down once. We did three sections of hill that I rolled down. And I mean, I tumbled down stuntman style. Um, it was Princess Bride stuff is what it was. Kind of, It wow. was that kind of roll down the hill. <laughs> were you singing? At, were you yelling as you wish? No, no. Uh, the, <laughs> the film itself was um, a film version of the the proverb. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. And so I was the blind man who was being led by another blind man. And then we we were just rolling. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, it was just, you know, a two minute thing. But so, but anyway, so I, I mean, that, that area is full of 
mountains and it's full of, um, I, I would guess hidden treasure. So it d- definitely seems believable. I don't know how believable it is that there's an underground mansion, but who knows? It's comic Los accurate Angeles. though. It's comic yes, accurate. This is very much so. This is the base operations that they find in the comic book and very cool and perfect for what they were doing. I'm just curious, like who built this? That well, those are was my it, questions. Yeah, was it built there and then buried by an earthquake or something, or was it built underground? I'm going to guess it was built during the Cold War when people were building uh, bomb shelters. Hmm. Maybe, um, but it was, looks it looks like t- Roaring Twenties, Grand Hollywood type of thing. Yeah. Oh, um, Tony Stark's dad. I bet he built it. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> I would. Yes. I want that to happen. Yes. I want it to be an old Stark property. I want Tony Stark to walk in and say, Hey, what are you kids doing here? Oh, Come on. Please. that would be cool. But what we do have is <laughs> for them now, a very nice place uh, that is hidden. And, Honestly, the best part about it is that old lace, the the raptor, actually can run around and move around and not have to hide in dumpsters. And, yes. Um, so that's probably the best place. Although um, she's got a lot of control over that thing. I mean, to be well, able to, I mean, to tell it to stay in a dumpster, you know, and it and it will. I mean, they're psychic, psychically linked. So yeah, yeah. It's a, that's going to come to some use later on. But they they had a nice gag of you know, she's rolling them around in a uh, shopping cart covered in a blanket. You know, and, mm-hmm. and the, the wheel breaks. But Molly's all, oh, I can take care of this. And so she just picks the thing up uh, like you're carrying a laundry basket, you know, and she just walks with it in front of her. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Molly's looking old, though. Like I, I, yeah. I feel like she's already aged out of her character in some ways. And I mean, she's she's supposed to be super young, like twelve or thirteen, and she's looking more like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did like what they were doing with her, uh, her bandana, and kind of mm-hmm. keeping with that kind of animal hat theme, where it, it has the two corners poked up like like ears. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, I was wondering, were they like kitty cat ears or was it supposed to be like little devil horns? Like she's turning into some monster or something. I think you're on the right track, but it's I think it's meant to be kitty cat ears. But also what you just said about her being a monster, but it's not her being a monster. It's her being a beast. Like ah. She's she's this beast thing, you know, where she her eyes glow and suddenly she's strong. She doesn't hulk out and lose control. And I like that. And I also love her weakness. You know, I when I see a powerful character, I define a powerful character by its weakness as well. You know, and so in this case, she she just zonks out when she uses that energy. And I, I love it when you have, you know, weaknesses for characters and, and things that they have to overcome. Um, but things that also feel natural, like the Flash. He's constantly eating. You know, and when they start doing that in the comics and in the cartoons, that's good stuff. That's fun stuff that goes along like, okay, yeah, if you got a guy who can run this fast and run this often, um, he's going to be constantly eating. And the first time I saw that was in the Flash TV show in the 90s. And 
and when I, it just tickled me when I saw it, you know, I'm in high school and, and, you know, I've had lots and lots of superhero stuff, uh, in my life, but then this just kind of one little natural, practical, small detail of the flash when he gets his power, suddenly he's constantly eating and eating and eating and eating because his metabolism is so fast. Um, that's that, that kind of stuff is fun to me. Was it this episode that old lace was cuddling up to her? At the very end, when she was yep. really sleepy. Yeah, yeah. I I, lo- I loved that bit. That um, old lace isn't just connected to her adoptive sister. Um, that she's old lace also has feelings and consents when someone's not feeling well. And well, but I wonder how much that is also from the psychic link that Gert has. You know, because Gert loves her sister, and yeah. so is old lace responding to that as an extension of Gert. Emotionally? Yeah. Probably. Um, but at that moment, Gert was also a little distracted as well. So, but yeah, I think that's a possibility. But yeah, that, that was a nice moment. And that's where they're, you know, they found a home. And she just is able to walk over. She lays in the couch, almost immediately falls asleep, pulls a blanket up that's been left there. And yeah, it's just here we are. We're home. Give me shelter. Now I saw the title and my mind runs to Rolling Stones and <laughs> and their song Gimme Shelter, which is um how war, murder, it's just a kiss away. Um it's it's a a song of impending doom. And so I'm not sure if that was intentional. Um according to IMDB, yes it is. Okay. In their trivia section. All right. Yeah. I I feel like there are no unintentional decisions made in this show. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And and again, this is strong storytelling. This is a continuation of season one. It's it's strong storytelling. It's different. That's that's the thing. We now have, you know, the, the Netflix corner is one corner of the MCU. The movies are another corner of the MCU. ABC is another corner of the MCU. And then you have this kind of corner over here of it's disconnected so far, but Runaways and and uh, Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger. The, the teen corner of the MCU. And then soon we're going to have the Disney Plus corner of the MCU. And who knows what that's going to be? I, I, I like this corner of the MCU. Uh, it's not my first choice if I'm sitting down to watch TV. Um, if this was not MCU, I don't know. I, I, might, I might skip over it. But it is. And I'm glad it is because I did not skip it over. And I got to watch one great season. And this is just the first episode of this season. So you can't really judge the season. But looking at this episode, I feel like we're on, on we're on the right track. We're getting ready for some good stuff to come. Absolutely. I feel like that the producers, once they finished up season one, they just got the ball, ball rolling for season two. They never let up. They continued preparing and continued writing. It'll be interesting to see where the where the Disney Plus fallout happens with the Hulu series. Yeah, I, I don't know, because as we said before, Disney owns one third of Hulu mm-hmm. and Universal NBC owns one third of Hulu. And so that's ABC, that's NBC. And then Fox owns one third of Hulu. But then you have this sale going down, possibly. Mm hmm. 
where Disney could end up majority owner of Hulu, 66%. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, I had two more things in my notes that I wanted to cover before we, we get done here. And uh, one was the team dynamics you have going on here. Both teams are not gelling, especially, uh, especially the Wilders, Alex's parents. They're very concerned. They were going to disconnect from the pride. And, and now Jeffrey has decided he's going to work with the, with uh, Tina and help lead. Um, and meanwhile, you have Alex, who is was supposedly going to become and be the leader of the, the Runaways, but he is not leading well. He, he's not bringing people in on things, and he's just off running off doing his own thing, what he thinks is best for the team, but he's deciding it on his own and then just doing it. I'm nervous because Alex is my favorite guy. He's my favorite character. What... As as your favorite character, what do you think about him putting himself into harm's way? I think he thinks he's making the sacrifice. You know, he's going to put himself in harm's way for them, but then he's not bringing them in on what he's doing. And and a big part of that is because they wouldn't be happy about it. But then they don't trust him because of that. Yeah. You know, I think this uh, this internal... Uh, conflict within the group dynamics it right now in the series it works we need it to work this way where they're clashing heads and they're not talking to each other because that creates drama and especially for the runaways because they're teenagers and they're still learning they're going to eventually learn and grow from these mistakes that they're making right now team conflict is the basis i mean x-men is popular as a comic book because of team, I mean, that was conflict from day one of X-Men. Conflict from day one of Fantastic Four. Um, you have X-Men and, and Fantastic Four. They they can't get along. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, back in the 60s, you have the Justice League and everything's perfect with them. You know, they're all best friends. And, and DC had to learn from Marvel about how conflict creates drama and drama creates interest. So that's the Avengers. Yeah. And, and honestly, agents of shield too. I'm rewatching that right now with my kids. I've rewatched the first four episodes with them so far. And, and they keep asking, when can we watch more? And I basically I had to tell them we are not watching more than four episodes a week. We're just not <laughs> uh, now. Granted we're in Christmas break. And so that's, that's a whole different dynamic, well, you know, and what we're doing. But um, I, I just, I love this show. I love these characters. I love revisiting it, and it's so interesting to revisit. But at the same time, not more than four episodes. Sorry. <laughs> so. uh, anything that you, we haven't touched on that you'd like to touch on before we wrap this episode up? We hit all my bullet points. All right. Samantha? And we hit, we hit all of my bullet points, so we're good. All right. And so uh, normally we'd move into listener feedback here. Uh, however, the only listener feedback on Runaways we have is on stuff that includes episode one, but goes beyond episode one. And so we're not going to read any of that right now. If you want to send any feedback in about episode one or about episode two or three or whatever, uh, go ahead, send it in. You can send in voicemails through our email feedback at welcomelevel7.com, or you can call our number, which I, I don't have memorized. <gasps> I know. Oh, I feel so foolish right now. But I'm going to go. It's in ahead the end and, credits. 
Yeah, and I'm clicking on it. So Okay. Yeah, wow, that that progress bar is making a very slow journey across. It is one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. It does spell something out. And Ben, let's segue into what it spells out. I can't. <laughs> My progress bar. It spells out something level seven. Seven level. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> that was a mess. Good thing it's happening at the end of the episode. Uh, and we would also talk about news right now then, but we aren't because we don't have any news to really talk about uh, because we did that episode called State of the MCU where we talked about all the things that were coming up. And so we covered most of the new news and anything that is news out there right now um, is probably more speculation from people yeah, and that kind of thing. Lots so. of guess who's going to be in the new movie. We don't know either, but we think we do. Yeah. Well, that is the end of this episode then, and I do want to thank uh, you, Samantha and Stuart, for joining me. And I also want to thank you who are listening right now with your earbuds or in your car stereo or whatever it is that's getting these sound waves into your eardrums. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. And uh, let us know how you're enjoying Runaways or if you're not enjoying Runaways because Runaways uh, – any negative stuff tends to be nitpicky stuff. Uh, we gushed over the last season of Runaways, and I, I do remember Evan um, coming on and and not being a fan of Molly, and I think that's the closest to not gushing that we came. And so, um, yeah. So let us know if you don't like Runaways, what's going on? Why don't you like it? And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to talk about it. So, you guys have any final words that you would like to say before we? close this one down and put another episode on the books. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and uh, be awesome people to each other. And I want to thank our Patreon patrons, Andrew, Jeffrey, Tassel, 084, and Anthony. Thank you very much. And I would also like to echo that thank you very much. It has actually uh, been very, very helpful uh, in covering some of these costs that come into running a podcast like hosting costs and also some minor equipment costs to uh, to upgrade some of the stuff that we're doing. So thank you very much. We appreciate that. And uh, until next time, I just want to say, as we talk about Runaways Season 2, I'm so excited. And you know why? It's starting. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. So, hey, Stuart, Samantha, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yet? No. 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 Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> and that's the post-credit. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know how funny that is to the <laughs> listeners, but I actually <laughs> chuckle at it because I haven't seen it yet. Although I really want to, because I did the thing where I listened to the episode and then I had to stop because I can't, you know. Oh, the, at the spoiler organ. Yeah, the spoiler organ. There's so much I want to see. I want to see Mary Poppins Returns. I want to see Aquaman. I want to see uh, Bird Box. I want to see like all this stuff. Well, the good thing about Bird Box is that is not any kind of trip, you know, because that's Netflix. Yeah, I already so own it. That's or good. Access yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a trip to the couch. Um, I, I would that's, say that's a schedule in my day sort of thing, but the problem is finding the time of day to do it. Yeah, I would say as far as Aquaman goes, there is definitely value in seeing it on the big screen, but um, and, and the same with with with. Uh, into the Spider Verse, um, but I would the, say this, Mary Poppins. I would say this about Mary Poppins: if you liked the original, you will love this. It hits all the right nostalgic points, and it's practically perfect in every way. I want to see it. <laughs> it's. Yes. I'm not seeing that one in the theater because I still want to well, see Bumblebee as well. Um, I did go out to see Mortal Engines. And my kids made fun of me for the way I say engines, but um, every time I say that, what? What are you talking about? Engines. Engines. The motor in hey, the car. Yeah. You know the things that are kind of like a, a big like donut, but they're a little bit different. They're boiled. What are those called? A bagel. Okay. Uh, okay. First they're of all, bagels. did I get the answer right? Okay. Yes, they're not bagels. All right. So yeah, it does not rhyme with fraggle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That is my new word. That is how that's how everybody says it up okay. here. I'm like, no, it's not a bagel. Well, so this You're- is how it works. We uh, off topic is is our post credit now specifically, <laughs> even though we took so many rabbit trails during our topic. But I think it's time to shut this one down, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for talking. Later, guys. Bye.